I like to always start this show with saying, hello world, it's your boy, the nonprofit sector. Connector coming at you from the top of my house, you know, just below the roof, two flights up from the kitchen, as I like to say, in the attic. Each and every Friday, strike that really, because each and every day I'm in the attic, but each and every Friday, we do this specific show called Philanthropy and Focus. Philanthropy and Focus for me, it's a mission. It's my mission. I am not a nonprofit organization, but my mission is to drive home the fact that nonprofits change our world in each and every day, each and every second of every minute of every hour, et cetera, et cetera. Until there's some other solution for the perils and the challenges and the needs of this world, until somebody else is stepping in, it's my friends, it's my world, it's the nonprofit sector that is taking care of the work that needs to be done. Whether it be feeding folks who need to be fed, the the, the food pantry, whether it be working with intellect, individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities, whether it be in education, which it's really gonna, we're at a kind of a crossroads of where our conversation is gonna go today, whether it's folks in the education space, but whether it's social justice, there is so many conversations that need to be had. And I just don't, I'll tell you, doing the show once a week, gang, is really not going to work. It's not. Wink, wink, hint, hint. There will be more to come on. What is this guy going to do next? That should be a show. What's he going to do next, gang? What's he going to do? Look, I am the nonprofit sector connector. This is my passion. This is my mission. I will even just kind of riff a little bit to get us started. I don't meet my guest, Dr. Kerry Spooner. I don't meet Dr. Spooner if it wasn't for playing nonprofit sector connector. How, how does that work? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> How's that work, Tommy D? Hold on, Tommy D. Let me tell you. Here's how it works, because I'm not just talking to me. I'm talking to you all, too. About three weeks ago, we did an event here on Long Island at Horse Ability Campus SUNY Old Westbury. Very special organization to me. I'm a board member there, but before I was a board member, my family, our family foundation, I shouldn't say my, I mean, my cousin Linda had passed away a number of years ago and Linda had special needs and the Lindy Lou Foundation supports organizations working in the special needs or the IDD community, intellectual and developmental disabled, the, the developmentally disabled for everybody. Horseability is a special place, but we founded an organization called the Nonprofit Resource Hub. And at Horseability, two, three weeks ago, we did an event. And that's how I meet Dr. Kerry Spooner from Sound Justice Initiative. So that's the thing. It's about getting out. It's about getting into the community. It's how do we collaborate? How do we work best together? How do we get to know each other? How do we get to see, hey, I'm having this challenge. How about a best practice? Have you seen this challenge? Have you been up against this challenge? So I'm, I'm pretty hyped up today. I just came out of something. One of my children was uh, given an award just this morning. So I'm running from the school and like just the principal who's become a friend of mine totally hooked me up because um, he was like, he knew I, ha I, I had this commitment to be here to do the show with Carrie and with, with you all. And uh, my daughter got the award ahead of like at the beginning of the <laughs> beginning of the ceremony. So I could be here in the attic doing the live show with you all. Anyway, I tell you that to say this, because we're going to be talking about education. But that award was for teamwork and it was an award and, and the principal read a book about friendship and I recorded it on my phone. Like, of course we do, but it, because I want to go back and watch it. But the fact that these schools are building these tenants in, in place, they have these, these guideposts to, to train these young people, to really teach these young people, I think is really going to set up where we're, where some of what we're going to do today. So Dr. Spooner, Welcome to the show. 
welcome virtually to my attic. You know, I, I find it's funny. I say this because I know people are watching and know you're not really in my attic. And then I realized some people are only listening and they might think like everybody shows up in my attic. So I just, I got a kick out of that just when I was thinking about that the other night. But listen, I'm glad we connected. I don't know how you found out about the event at Horseability. I don't know if you're connected through us through the nonprofit resource hub, but just how are you this morning? Good morning. Hi, I'm wonderful. How are you? And I'm in my own kind of attic. Are you? You have a lot of books around you. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So I, I just, how were you hooked into us initially? Was it, did, did somebody reach out to you from the Nonprofit Resource Hub? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, Sound Justice Initiative is a partner, a nonprofit partner huh? of, of the Nonprofit Resource Hub. And, yeah. and the Nonprofit Resource Hub has been very important to us. <laughs> That's great news. We love that. I, I mean, let me just give a little plug since it's not anything I'm really selling. It's really something we're adding value. My firm, the Vanguard Insurance Agency, now rebranded as Vanguard Benefits, uh, and four other firms founded the Nonprofit Resource Hub. Yes, it's what's better than having the actual explanation in the name, right? Like the Nonprofit Sector Connector, right? That kind of tells you what it's about. The Nonprofit Resource Hub it is just that, is a resource with webinars, white papers, uh, 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 meet and greet networking type events, but it's really at its most, and, and David Goldstein, one of our founders, who's with Sir Tillman Ballin, will will always tell me, you know, Tommy, we're a trade organization, you know, less a networking organization, more a trade organization for the sector to really drive home value and the need for the sector. So we do have some somewhere over 225 or 250 nonprofit partners. So I'm glad you're part of that. I'm glad you were at, what do you think of Horseability? Before we get into how, just tell me about Horseability. What do you think? What a remarkable place. Uh, the, um, the, 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 the possibilities for, for it are seem endless. Um, I, I love that building, uh, that they're, yes. they're working on, on, yeah. on redoing it. It looks, it looks like, um, it's been around for hundreds of years. Yeah. I think, and I don't I think, think it is. I, I think it's rather new, right? Well, no, you know what? It, 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 I don't know hundreds, but def so it's actually, so this gang, let me set the stage. It's on the campus of SUNY Old Westboro here on Long Island. And as I understand it, it's the Singer sewing machine family estate is, I believe, the former estate of that family. So, you know, if you watch your, your TV, you'll see not that Old Westbury is necessarily on the North Shore, but you'll see like a lot of the old mansions, a lot of the robber barons of Long Island and stuff like that. You know, your uh, your great Gatsby types. Right. Which I I, I would have definitely that was a, definitely in in history. That was where I should have been. Honestly, I do like all the technology we have right now, but that seems like a fun part of history to be in, like the 20s and maybe not depression stuff, but like, you know, the other side of it. Uh, but yeah, that that building you're referring to with the old stables for the family. And I will tell you, the first time I met Katie McGowan out there at Horseability, who's the executive director and founder, they're about to celebrate their 30th anniversary of an organization where a young woman lent her, ho her horse to a friend who was a therapist who had a client with cerebral palsy and the rest is history. And that created an entire changed the trajectory of Katie McGowan's life and created horse ability because she saw how this young person with CP was able to positively react and interact with this horse and how that person's life was changed. And now countless thousands and thousands of lives have been affected by that. And that's my people. That's nonprofit, right? That That's the whole thing. What you're referring to, I just want to make one last, put one, one last pin in it is that building. When I first met Katie, she gave me a tour. We, 
Katie and I hang around and it's one of these funny things because it was like a half hour meeting that lasted three and a half hours. It was like the, the meeting ended and we're on the stoop saying goodbye and we're still talking. You know, those relationships, <laughs> you know, those ones. <laughs> I know them. <laughs> you know them. So that was so that last thing I'll say, is they used to do a haunted house in the um, in the stables. I don't like being scared. So I didn't like I never it was before my time. But I could you imagine that place? Because you walk through there and those. A lot of potential for horror. No, a lot of potential for horror. Yes, and potential for other things in horse ability too. Not just not just the haunted house. So, look, I want to I want to dive into if we could sort of your background. You know why? You know I I think in life, and I'm looking away because I want to grab my notes. But I think in life, there's these catalysts. There's these moments in time that happen to us. There's these things that that certainly either create an opportunity or present an opportunity for us to do something you know i i was just um you know i was re- I, I was so we have an event on tuesday night for for another show i do here on the network called the professionals and animal lovers show and i was doing a press release this morning and for the compassion awards which we have on tuesday night here in long island and i was doing a press release and this woman regina mendoza who's one of our uh honorees that night learned about the tragedy of a kill shelter for dogs and uh, and then subsequently she runs a nonprofit that she created because she saw a problem or a challenge and wanted to address it. So I'd like to ask you a, a, that question, Dr. Spooner. Take me through that. What was it for you? And, and if you could, let's weave in your background and things. But what was it for you that, you know, Sound Justice Initiative, I'm reading behind you, Education for Transformation, Reversing the Pipeline, which... Look, let's before you do this, let's break, let's put some context here. Okay. This is for everybody. This is not a program that, um, you know, assumes people know things, but this is one thing I'm going to just put out there for you. Strategic racism, like strategic, um, structural racism exists. The way the prison system is set up is set up purposely, on purpose. And if you want to debate me, I, I don't know, call me, I guess. But this is like, we have to have like these certain fundamental things. Certain communities end up in the prison system more than other communities. Certain communities don't have, let's say, the advantages, the education, the knowledge to, to avoid certain situations. And certain communities are targeted. I'm just going to say it. That's I'm going to put that out there. Dr. Spooner, if you have any disagreement with that, please school me on it because that's what we're here to do. We are going to talk about school. But Tell, let's. I'll just leave that out there for everybody to kind of settle with, and if that's if we could if we could go from there, Doctor Spooner. Okay. Well, Tommy, you can call me Carrie, please. Will do, Carrie. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, by the time by the time somebody makes it to an adult correctional facility, right, a lot of things have already gone wrong. Right, we're at the other end. Mm-hmm. And in, in here is a, a, an interesting uh, statistic just for Suffolk County is that 46% in March of those who are incarcerated were African-American. 46% of those incarcerated in Suffolk County are African-Americans. March, in March. Now, that, March. the number fluctuates, but, sure. and, but it's important to know that African-Americans make up 8.9%. hold on hold on let's play numbers (laughs) yeah let's play numbers hold on everybody what Kerry just said to me was 8.9 percent of the society is made up by african-americans 46 percent of the people incarcerated as of march of 2022 in suffolk county 
are African American people, right? Um, and should I assume the large amount of African American men? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And you can imagine, right, with with redlining, that we have poor allocation of resources to schools. There's um, the lack of equity uh, yeah. in education. Yeah. Um, and and that's a a large part of the story. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we, we do, we'll take a break in a second here because I don't want to set it up because I just want you to go kind of full at it and tell us the story and things like that. Because, you know, as an educator, as a professor, you know, you have, you know, this is not to education is your world. Right. So this is this is, you know, where you are and coming from. I, I would just kind of bookend my morning the way it started where I live here in Nassau County to to go to the school to see the focus of, of these these basic fundamental tenets and maybe they're not so basic but these fundamental tenets about teamwork and the new thing now what, what the principal is explaining in the book you read was about friendship like these uh, just be real folks this, this stuff doesn't go on in in all communities and it needs to be addressed shout out to my friends at the book fairies they're coming to me right now from the universe and i feel like i must just hit my brain and i gotta say it Amy Zeslansky, your vision, Eileen Minogue, your vision and leadership of that organization. I know, Kerry, you've met with them and you've had some stuff going on with them in the past. Super special organization. I put three million books. Literacy, again, statistics, literacy is critically important to growth. And when you think of illiterate people, that's a lot of where these same things, these same challenges happen. But that goes to lower resource schools, lower resource communities, and on and on. I will tell you this. I, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm, I'm going to put this out there. I want to start a fund on Long Island around social justice. I haven't told really many people about it, um, but I just did just now. <laughs> so um, we don't have to talk about it today, Carrie, but I would love to talk about it over several cups of coffee one day. Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm right. very curious. I'm very curious what you want to do. I'm super curious what I want to do too, but it's something I've been thinking about. <laughs> for about six, I'm, I've been thinking about it for about six months and fleshing it out. It's to me, it's about having the right people in the room. Not to say that I'm necessarily have all the answers because I have none of the answers probably, but I know how to put people together who have the answers and I want to be a part of that. So um, anyway, we can, maybe we'll talk about that during the show. Maybe we won't. I want, when we come back, I want you to take me through, you know, your creation of this organization, what you saw as a need you know, we, I've thrown so many ideas at you already. It's probably a three-hour show and we only have another 45 minutes. So when we come back, if we can go there, does that sound good, Carrie? Sounds wonderful. Thank All right, let's do it. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Hi. 
Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Go through all the static. So everybody, I'm going to take singing lessons. I met a guy last week, maybe two weeks ago. They actually, uh, um, this is actually probably an organization you should know, Carrie, but the organization is called Post-Tour Processing. Uh, they awarded me last week, not to be humble. I appreciate the award, but uh, to, I utilize that opportunity to bring a bunch of other nonprofit folks together uh, in the room that night over at Russo's on the Bay. Uh, my friend Bobby Brown from Young New Yorkers, uh, which is an incredible organization I think you should know about, uh, where they do uh, restore, restorative arts diversion programs. I brought my friend Gamal Willis, who's a court advocate with an organization uh, called Avenues for Justice out of the Lower East Side of New York City, and they also do work up in Harlem. Um, again, working with young people and advocating on behalf of these young people when they have gotten into problems and they have gotten into trouble. So you heard when you went to when we went to commercial, and I'm sure Carrie, it wasn't lost on you. Uplift, educate, and empower. That is what this whole radio station is about. Shout out to Sam Leibowitz and his vision on what we're doing here. Talkradio.nyc. All right. So here's what I want to do. So, Dr. Spooner worked for Suffolk County Department of Labor, helping clients become financially sufficient before teaching in the jails, currently still a professor, a professor, right, at, at Suffolk. So take us through that background, take us through through that, and then let's get to, I've, I've asked a question nine minutes ago, and the only reason you haven't been able to answer it is because I got in the way the whole time, but <laughs> but take take that, your, your background stuff, and take that into what was in front of you and, and what you had to solve for. Thank you. So my background has everything to do with sound justice. I started teaching um, in 2003 at the local university and college um, and um, designing courses that I think would speak to my students in the classroom, working with texts um, that that they can identify with um, to offer give them a chance to to build or or hone a critical thinking skill so that so that they can confront um the problems that they face whether that's personal uh, or um problems in the communities our communities whether it's local um um state national um so that we can um have the chance to 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 work to build a society that we want to build together um what are the subjects that that you teach i I teach writing and i teach literature okay my background is pretty uh interdisciplinary um my phd is in english but my background um 
I have a, a double major in political science and, and philosophy, mm -hmm. uh, is social theory uh, um, and um, gender studies. Wow. I um, And as an undergrad, I was taking graduate courses in um, uh, um, political econ economic um, and um, political economics. And, um, and then I went to NYU. Mm -hmm. And I studied an inter interdisciplinary um, program there. I was in an interdisciplinary program there. Um, and there I, I, I touched on literature really in any significant way for the first time uh, and um, studied psychoanalysis. Um, wow. You, you might wonder what psychoanalysis has to do with literature. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I think it has to do everything with everything psychoanalysis, right? I mean, it's, it, I, look, you know, we have to figure out what we're thinking. I, I look, we. Uh, I know we really don't know what this whole thing is inside this gray matter and how it all works. You, you know, I so know certainly the rank and file don't know it. Maybe neuroscientists know more, but certainly know more. But I don't know that we figured this whole thing out. I feel like it's always evolving what we know about the brain and what we know and, and how to then go in and analyze it, right? It is. It is. So the, the, way, the way I worked or what I was looking at in psychoanalysis was specifically trauma. So trauma theory. Yeah. Uh, in, in trauma, when one experiences trauma, it becomes it's nearly impossible, very difficult to tell a story in a sequential narrative, right? With a beginning, a middle, and an end. Like there are gaps in memory, there's confusion in time. Right? So when we're applying that to storytelling, whether that's fictional or non-fictional, uh, it it uh, is um, significant in how we come to interpret the stories that are being told. And those stories, when you think in stories, I'm not just thinking about you know, stories that you read in a book, right? Mm -hmm. But also also history. How is yeah. history told, right? Who's telling history? What is being missed? What's not being told? Um, so all of this yeah. all of this is a central part of my work, um, culminating into really my dissertation, uh, which looked at um, the, 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 the trouble with uh, the, the I, right? The self. Um, yeah. Right. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look, there, right? <laughs> no, I, I mean, listen, you know, like, isn't that the search, though, in, in all honesty, like, we're, we're constantly I, I mean, I find myself, you know, I don't know if I put this out there on on here yet. I'm really open today, apparently. Um, you know, I recently found out that I have ADHD, which um, I, it was one of these things like I was the last to know <laughs> kind of situation, although I knew, you know, I knew, but now I've got this kind of, you know, this diagnosis that I sort of wear a little bit as a badge of honor. And, um, you, you know, because uh, it's a true situation, it's real. And I say that because I bring it up because you talk about the search and the eye and the whole thing and the meaning of all this. And it's sort of, I find myself constantly trying to search YouTube for me. Is a, is a great place. I mean, there it, you could go to the wrong places on YouTube, certainly, you know, and, and get caught up in other bad, you know, um, theory and whatnot. But there's so much things to learn there. And like, I find myself, if it's, you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza is a guy I like a lot, you know, neuroscientist, but was, you know, was a chiropractor, basically meditated and was able to have his body get out of the way and let his body repair his spine. He was going to have to have uh, his spinal fusion when he was hit by a car in a bicycle race. And he, you know, the, the brain, the mind has so much power and the body can do so many things if we can, you know, get out of our own way, so to speak, you know, there's so much there. And I mean, I, you know, recently went back to um, 
Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich. And, and, you know, certainly there's so many of the classics that you can go back to as when we talk and when I think in terms of like the mind and creating and things of that nature. But I tell you, it's the ADHD thing because it's searching. It's a constant. I'm always looking and there's more things like how many tabs can you actually have open on Google? Well, I'm trying to find out how many tabs you can actually have open on Google because I think I'm close, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What the, <laughs> I don't know what the final number is, but you know, you just open another one and then you open up a whole nother, like you put them in the tray, the whole thing. Anyhow, there's, that's what's exciting to me, Carrie, about life is that there's so much opportunity to learn and find out about things. So but you found out you have a superpower then, right? I think it's a superpower. I've been told it's a, I've been told, uh, I, I work with a coach and she says, I have, it's a beautiful brain. I have a beautiful brain, you know, and it's certainly, I think it is a superpower. I mean, and you know, I was sitting with a friend yesterday and I was explaining to her, uh, you know, and I kind of, I give myself this opportunity. Now I have no credentials to, to say what I'm about to say. I just want to say that. So here's, I have no credentials to say what I'm about to say. But when I when I found out, well, not when I found out, when somebody said, this is actually what you got, I was like, well, now I get to say, you got it, and you got it, and you got it. It's kind of like Oprah when she's giving out, and you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car. Now I'm like, dude, you got ADHD, man. Just that's what it is. Like, so, like, I get the, And it's not like a stamp of approval. Like, there's no assessment. It's just me going, I see it, you got it, and that's the deal. But that is so – and, again, I have no clinical right to do that, gang. It's just what I want to do. And that's, I guess that's the freedom I get to just be me to kind of do, but it is a beautiful brain and it lets us be super creative, but there's certainly some challenges and, uh, and gaps out of it. I want to know though, from when, from the work, work you've done, sorry, I cut you off, please. No, I was just agreeing. Yeah. Um, so when I, when, when you were, you know, you talk about storytelling, which, and, and you talk about the community that you now serve what was the i i assume there was no like i assume it was a process like anything else where you started to become more and more aware of the need for this but there was there some aha moment um when when you go oh i actually have to get involved here like what were you exposed to what did you learn about um well so if i can back up for just a Please. moment and, sure. and 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 piggyback off of your your ADD for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> borrow sure. it. I yeah, want to borrow your it. superpower. <laughs> you can share it. It's all of ours. Okay. Um, you, you know, one of the things I like to work with students on are their goals, right? Um, in 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 why I like working on their goals is not because um, there's this definite goal that they, they know that they're going to achieve. We don't really know, right? We have goals. Sometimes they're achieved. Sometimes they're not. doesn't matter, right? If you have a goal, sometimes what ends up happening is we think there's only one path to that, right? Right. There's one path. And we identify that path as one that many people have taken before. Then we start, we start walking on that same path and we realize there are barriers. Why are there, are there barriers there? There are hurdles for us, for some, Right. And, and sometimes then if you only believe there's that path, then you think, okay, then that, that goal is not for me, right? <clears throat> when it really is, right? It really is. It just means, and, and, and this is what I try to, um, to, to share with my students, whether it is at the community college or whether it's my students who are incarcerated, right? I try to share with them that there are multiple ways of achieving what you want to achieve, multiple ways. And yeah. you're going to bump into a barrier, you're going to bump into a barrier and you're going to 
be creative and be patient, right? Um, and try to find ways around that. Sometimes in order to get around that, you need to get help to do that. Most of us yeah. need help. Most of us need help. All of us need help, I say. And, you know, I Edison created the incandescent bulb, right? That's, I just want to make sure I got that right. Um, I say he did. Oh, the, oh, oh. I don't know if he really did, though. I don't, oh, I don't know. I, thought, I just recently heard that maybe he didn't. It was he just was the first to patent it. I, could I it's very it. possible. I'm not going to say I, I can't. Well, for let's for for the anecdote, let's just assume right. he did right. right. Ultimately, the the punchline is when he he tried ten thousand different ways, it didn't work. And those he just said, well, those are just those weren't failures. He just found ten thousand ways that didn't work. Right. So let's just like the idea is, and you know, there's so many things that we say like success leaves clues or, you know, just follow someone else's shoes and things like that. But to your point, it doesn't, it's not always set up the same way. No, it's not. It's not. And then when it doesn't work, then you, you feel dejected, right? You don't, you don't feel that you, you're worthy of that same achievement when, when in fact, when you stick with it and you get there in a different way, I would argue that the barriers that you had to go over, make it, you one have achieved much, much more than that goal that, um, oh, that yeah. um, they did, they secured. Well, the the growth and the resilience that came out of that, right. Just for the sheer fact that, you know, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, this may be a social comment, but, you know, certainly there's a guy called Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you're familiar with Gary V, very popular in the media world, very popular social media. And uh, some of the folks listening probably know who he is, you know, and he, he uh, and his family, when he was very young, um, immigrated here from former Soviet Union. And, you know, I, I just think there's certainly something not to say that every, per, every immigrant that came to this country, you know, had had the grit and was super successful. But there's something about people who came to this country and versus those of us who were born in this country and a different dynamic goes on, right? You, you know, have you seen that in your own work? I have, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I have. Um, and, it, and actually, it's enriching, right? I think it is. I think it is enriching. I think it's inspiring. I think it's, uh, uh, but I, I think it goes to the fact that, to your point, like, we're going to run into some roadblocks. We're going to need some support. We're going to need help to get through things. And it goes to a place where um, I want, we're, we will take a quick break. I was going to push the break. Let's take a quick one. And then we come back. I just, so you've established that there are multiple ways to get to a goal. And in working with your students, uh, whether they be students who are matriculating, who are attending classes or your students who are currently in, in Suffolk County jails, um, I want to talk that. I want to really. So we like to know about you, the organization, and then really let's get into programming, what it looks like, too. So let's come back. Let's do that. Let's jump right in. I will do my best to be quiet and let you. <laughs> we'll be right back. Philanthropy and Focus, Tommy D and Dr. Kerry Spooner. The organization is Sound Justice Initiative. Dylan, take us a break. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. And we are back philanthropy in focus we're back so the organization is sound justice initiative and the leader is dr carrie spooner background in education so i I was texting you in the chat i want to shout out mick collins and shout out marilyn inkles for checking in on facebook marilyn i had alan inkles on the show i'm guessing that's a connection right there alan from stony book from the theater out there so hello marilyn hello mick um carrie take let's take us right back where where i want to hear about what was the thing that really stood out for you that made this a thing that you had to do this and then what it looks like each and every day, the work you're doing. So in, just in, in addition to the educational background that you, you pointed out that I also worked for the department of labor. And what I did there is I, I also assessed employability, right? What are the barriers? Um, and it was difficult when, when I, I noticed that when we had people who were formerly incarcerated to find employment, um, you know, oftentimes that, that, that we weren't very, or I, I may not have been successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and while doing all of this, I had ended up starting my own company called Ivy Writing Scholar. It was an online tutoring company. And I, I, my clients were, came from everywhere, anywhere from Israel to Chicago, okay. but I, 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 but it, I wasn't passionate about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to help. So I, when I finished my PhD, I, um, I started looking into maybe working in the, in the jails at the time. I didn't know what the difference between a jail and a prison was. I, sure. I didn't know. Well, I don't know that everybody does. It's funny because yeah. when I was talking to our friend Kelly Ann Serini about having you on the show, you know, I think I may use the word prison because she corrected me on that call and said, you know, Kerry works in the jails. So can you define that for people? Cause I don't know that people know the difference. Absolutely. So on, on Long Island, we don't have prisons. We have we have jails, county jails. Um, we have a, a county jail in Nassau, and we have a couple in um, Suffolk. Um, and so they're temporary facilities. That means people who are there are, are not there for usually longer than a year, um, and and usually much shorter. Uh, for prisons, they're they there for from many years. Um, and so when I started looking into working and, and teaching um, people who are incarcerated, 
um, I was looking to see what was going on in Suffolk County and, and I didn't qualify for teaching for BOCES, you know, I, I, you know, <laughs> right. Um, I didn't have a, a master's in education. Um, and um, I was trying to figure out a way, a way to, to maybe work in there, but I couldn't, it wouldn't work. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't have the qualification for it. Um, and so I was trying to figure out why well, there must be some college in there. Right. But I didn't, I didn't really find a college in there. Um, I had found that there was occasionally a, a professor or two might come in and teach some classes um, from another college. Um, and I'm not sure where they are today. Um, um, but it's difficult to, to, you know, to do this kind of work without institutional support. Um, you know, both from the, the sheriff's office, which we enjoy his support, um, but also an institution that you're a part of. Right. Yeah. So, so when I couldn't, so when I couldn't find anything, I, I started preparing my own plan. Um, but before doing that, I, I had to figure out, you know, what was the difference and why aren't there um, educational institutions overall, you know, for, by and large in the jails, you might find some here and there across the country. Um, but um, there's a reason, right? Because you, what makes us different from others is that but for universities and colleges that work in the prisons, they can teach a full semester, right? And and the students that they have there can finish a degree often, right? Okay, so just to, so just let me get it because so I could see where if I go, know where we're going in the prison system, these folks are there going to be there for a longer time, at least years. You know, people in a jail might be awaiting trial, so they're more transient they may not be there so to have a curriculum with like finite beginning and end becomes more challenging yeah absolutely absolutely okay. and so right so for a, a temporary correctional facility that would be much more challenging mm -hmm. and you don't know if somebody is going to be there for a month or two or three or four months um right. and sometimes they don't know then there are people who are also in the county jails who are doing county time so then they do know a release date and that can be really helpful for, for sound because justice. it fits on a calendar again it can fit into a calendar and a curriculum and it makes sense and there's a beginning and an end That's right. um, and so but even even though it was a challenge or, or I when I first started uh, writing the plan up um, um, I was studying what they were doing in the prisons and I realized it's not gonna work um, yeah. I can't do the same thing so how do I take you know what works there and, and apply it to sound justice and some of it does, right? Some of it does. But overall, you really have to start from scratch. Yeah. And so I had found in my research, because I was trying to figure out, is this being done somewhere else? What has what, what are they doing? If it has been, what was the success? Or what are they doing differently? So I found a, a study by the U.S. Department of Education, and then they were curious about, it looks like the same reason, looking to get educational institutions into jails. And um, they did a, a kind of pilot. Um, they gave a, a grant, and and in those the the challenges were pretty expected, right? Um, they couldn't. It wasn't easy to have a full semester. Students were coming and going. Um, but also remember, the, these these are students who lives have just been upended, right? Right. They haven't been in prison for a few years. They 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 could have just have gotten in there two months ago, right? Their lives are upended. Um, Right. Um, maybe also um, coming off of uh, drugs and alcohol, um, maybe for the first time getting some um, mental health um, uh, help. Um, so there's a, a, a lot going on there. 
so there are a couple of things we had to do differently, right? You know, in a classroom, maybe a professor can be a little bit more dry, I guess, right? Um, you're just teaching, that's what your job is. Um, but that's not going to work in, in a temporary facility, right? You're going you're gonna to need to have those instructors who are dynamic, who are student-centered. We also need to have a curriculum that's short, right? Short, right? You have modules. We work with modules. So, for example, right now I'm teaching a course in Riverhead Jail. Um, it's called Just Think. I teach this course in different ways uh, almost every time I teach it. Okay. So I, uh, <laughs> and it's okay. It's, it's, it's great. It's um. So this this time I'm, I'm doing something a little bit more traditional, um, but with but fun I hope. Um, so I'm 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 teaching I'm teaching my students how to you know about the art of persuasion. Oh wow! Right, uh, and 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 making an argument. Um, now I'm 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 teaching my students at Suffolk Community College the exact same stuff. Yeah. Right? The exact same stuff. So I, I'm teaching them the same reading. Right, we're doing the same the same work. Now, I'm only taking a short part of this semester, right, a, a module, and I'm I'm teaching that in in this the school in the in the um in the jail, um, and they were I can say they were really excited to learn that I'm also teaching it. You know, the other day at at, at Suffolk, um, you know, there there are um, I was surprised when I I first got in there um about the the, the interest and as it grew when I when um, over the past year, um, you know, I had students even at the beginning who told me when they'd come into class that they formed they formed a study group, right? You know, <laughs> these, are, um, these, are, these are, again not your students on campus, your students right, in the jail, right, in the jail, right, yeah. right, in the jail, right? They, so, they want, so these young people, and they are young people. I mean, who are you? You're, 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 what are the ages of these people? They're college age people, right? Eighteen and up. Eighteen and up. So I have I have thirty year olds. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of my students might be in their thirties, right, and twenties. But it's like it's it's a lack of accessibility. It's a lack of somebody being there for them. It's a lack of empowerment, right? I mean, right. right. So when when you can introduce even these skills, right, just just this basic skill, because I also teach other courses. I, I teach a course on I'm all ears, the ethics of listening, right? And and in that course, I um. You know, we we read um, a Nietzsche a Nietzsche text from Friedrich really? Nietzsche, yeah. um, and and it's exciting, um, and um, and so yeah, I was I was I, I just I, I was surprised um, to to see that 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 was what they were interested in in learning, and when you when you when you provide that kind of um, material, right, then it opens up their minds to other. To other ideas, and, and the reason why that's such a big deal is because sometimes, and, and especially in the population um, that you might find in in the jails and prisons, right? There's, there's this disconnect. There's a disconnect, right? Um, and and a disconnect from other people, and, and maybe this 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 um, uh, this essential this this the cell sense of of alienation and isolation, uh, and but when you can read about other people and in their challenges as well then you think oh you know it's it's yeah. not just me and, and look they can get over that too i mean this is my big point is that yes they might be incarcerated right now but don't think for a second that you can't be running something in the future 100 percent. i mean and and that but what you just said there you know i we, we tend to take some of the show and break it up into little sound bites but i love what you just said there because where you are now 
or where you were yesterday is not a representation of where you're going to be tomorrow, six months, six years, 60 years from now. I mean, uh, we all have this opportunity and some more opportunity than others. And it takes people like you, Dr. Spooner. I know you told me to call you Kerry, but when I get serious, I want to call you Dr. Spooner. But it takes people like you, Dr. Spooner, to, to lean into an opportunity and create these things that were not there. You know, to be that, uh, yes, you're a professor. Yes, you're an academic, but I call you an entrepreneur. Because you saw an opportunity, you took some chances, you did your research, and you're and you're delivering something. The world is a better place for that, and and that's critically important. And um, I say all the time that nonprofit leaders and their organizations change our world, but especially founders. You know, but <laughs> you took you took some chances here, man, and that's just what it, it's really special. So, how many lives will be changed over the next forty years while this organization is just existing in fifty years and sixty years? Right, like that's how I see it in those kind of buckets and thousands right? Maybe tens of thousands. And that's, that's, what's critically important. So um, I, when we come back, uh, because we always run out of time on the show, we have one more segment. I want you to kind of leave it all out there because we are going to have another meeting because of what I shared with you earlier on about this fund that is like sharing space with other ideas in my head. But um, I want to talk to you. I want you to just tell us and, and kind of sell the dream for us too. what, what can sound justice initiative be in the future and how can we help? Who do you need connections with? Whether it be again, Long Island, man, this is our, this is our backyard. So who do you need to know? Who can we get you connected with and what can we do for you? Does that sound good? Excellent. All right. I'll call you Carrie too. All right. If that's what you want. All right. We'll be right back. We'll have to be in focus. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. I'd like you to do that, you know, for the show every. Friday, and then on your podcast platforms, philanthropy in focus. I haven't done this in a while. Focus is spelled P-H-O-C-U-S because I grew up in the 90s and I love alliteration and, uh, you know, philanthropy in focus. 
focus. So, um, and you know, my buddy Mick Collins would probably say to me, yes, on Fridays, Friday mornings with a pH in front of that, but I would, this just in Dr. Spooner, this just in Kerry. <laughs> Mick just gives me, this is coming from Mick on Facebook. So Mick says compromise, Dr. Kerry. Yes. I like that. We'll go with that. Dr. Kerry. So Dr. <laughs> Kerry, this just in from Mick Collins checking in from the Gaithersburg area. And he's telling me, Edison filed a patent for the electric lamp with a carbon filament. That was in 1879. But in 1835, the first constant electric light was demonstrated. So we got some research to do on that. Not going to, we'll get back to you all on that because Carrie and I have some stuff to go through about this organization. (laughs) The organization is Sound Justice Initiative. Carrie, tell us like when you, when you first went into the jails and you had something to offer. Tell us about that and walk me through a day in the life and then say how, and then the question is, how can we help you? That's the question to you. Okay. So there's a lot there, right? <laughs> and there's you always pointed a lot out, there. <laughs> yeah, you pointed out earlier that we, I, that's, we're just scratching the surface. Just scratching. Yep. We can go on for not only hours, but days. So if they, you know what, let's, let's stay there for a second. We are just scratching the surface. So if somebody hears this program and wants to connect with you, how do they do that? Besides going to sound-justice.org, what is that the best way to do it? Go through there. Yeah. Or they could um, email me directly at kerry at sound-justice.org. Perfect. It's K-E-R-R-Y. Um, Mick, Mick, I know you got that. Mick's going to put it right on Facebook, so we'll get it out there to everybody. Good thing. And, uh, <laughs> and so just, I, I wanted to point out one of the, one of the factors that made going into the jail so exciting for for me was that without knowing this at the beginning, when I first started this whole thing, that we had a chance of maybe breaking the cycle of incarceration sooner, right? And saving it in that way, even taxpayer money, yep. right? Um, and and um, hopefully having a positive effect on on families and communities um, in 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 Suffolk County. And so this is a, a and it's somewhat of a, a, rev, a revolutionary idea, I think. Anyway, at least the way we're going about it. Um, so when I when I first when I when I first went in, and and, and some of the courses I teach, it's not only liberal arts, but I supplement that with some employment courses too. So uh, I teach a course on, on on landing a job, on surviving the workplace. What you know, what are the ins and outs? What do you need to do? Um, what to expect? But my goal is to is to get them on a pathway so that they have a career not 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 simply a job mm-hmm. so when um when i go when i you know when i'm in there um i i'm in, I'm in a classroom um and it has a, a smart board and in in we we use the technology um some we give up we give um examples i use youtube right it's a great place to Love bring it. up uh, a- anything video. i don't know how to do anything i don't know how to do youtube <laughs> right, right right, right. <laughs> Right, right. And so what we do, I hand them um, the readings. Um, I, I supply all of the material. Um, they don't, they don't um, pay for those, um, and nothing is they pay for, right? So this is this is all um, uh, non-cost for them. Is the or so is the organization taking care of that, or does it, do you get money from the county or from politicians? Organiza- the organization takes care of that. We're, okay. The organization takes care of that. Yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, we, uh, they'll get a, um, oftentimes a, a notebook, um, the readings, they'll do the readings. We do um, even brain teasers. 
back up for a moment. Usually I start each class with a brain teaser or two. That's just to get the creative juices going. And not, not only that, it has an effect of separating them at least temporarily from their surroundings. From where they are, right? Yeah, right. And now they're getting, they're getting um, um, really into the space, an intellectual space in that classroom. And, and they're engaging with one another because, right, the brain teasers force them to have to figure it out together. Um, so that takes you know, first first you know ten minutes we do some of that um, and that's that's pretty standard in in the courses that I teach in there um, and then uh, we get into we get into the material um, you know they have a lot of questions you know one of the reasons why I like teaching in the community colleges is because the students are a little bit more raw right they're gonna let you know when they don't when then something isn't working for the most part right or they might question you more where maybe at a, at a university they're a little bit you know they know they know the game a little bit better maybe right sure. and yeah. and then and then but in the jail it's even more so right because they will let you know right from the start what what is going on here then we've got to break it down right um and then they have stories then they have their stories right that and uh especially when a lot of what i'm teaching is philosophy it's my it's my strength it's, it's what right. i do um i taught recently the philosophy of the self i have another course that I haven't yet taught called I Robot. Yes, similar to the uh, movie. Okay. I love that. I love that movie not just because the main character's last name was also Spooner, by the way. Oh, so there's an angle <laughs> there. I see that. I see what you're right? doing. <laughs> <laughs> right, but it also plays around with the deceptively simple concept of the self, yeah. which in, in in my philosophy of the self, it's it's really we're, we're tracing the 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 evolution of the uh, the concept of the self, and, and then who is who who is this? Um, and then what is my place in the world? Uh, and then also a f- philosophy of happiness. Yeah. It, it turns out we don't really know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's interesting to be chasing something when we don't even really know what it is. Yeah. You know. Right. And that's the same thing with the self, too. Yeah. Uh, it's a slippery, something yeah. quite slippery. I would, I would ask you for any sort of recommendations, if you want to shout them out now, books or otherwise, to, to, to kind of, you know, for... A, I am not, I did not major in philosophy, but I, I, I would love, what do you have to, to like to break into study of self and things like that? Um, um, well, it, you would start with, with Plato. I mean, if you're, if you're looking at the beginning, I mean, we're yeah, the at, Stoic Plato, and, yeah. Aristotle, De, yeah. Descartes, Kant, that's some of the, yeah. but then you're getting, we can get into um, the, the more modern um, ideas. I, what I end up doing is taking a turn into, um, the, the post the postmodern mm. thinking of the self which is a, a, a more either in some philosophy a fractured self right but it's also maybe multiple depending on the, the philosopher so you, you may be looking at a multiple or a fractured or perhaps both at the same time right yeah yeah, um, yeah so then, all those things i believe i i'm looking at i kind of identify with all of them really? yeah. is, is there something wrong with me I, I might need to make a phone call <laughs> yeah okay no it's probably all of us i think that's just what it is so so if people want to learn more about the organization there is one last question i want to know but if they want to learn more it's sound-justice.org that is working in the suffolk county jails uh, really breaking this cycle of recidivism, really trying to avoid, you know, folks getting caught up in the system and getting back in the system. And how do we do that? But through education and empowerment, what else, right? What else is there than to bring people up? Um, who who can we connect you with, Carrie? Is there somebody out there you want to meet with? Is there somebody on the island you need to know? 
Well, um, what I'm what I'm looking to do um, uh, as an organization is 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 collaborate with other institutions, yeah. um, uh, higher ed institutions, um, but other institutions and organizations. Um, also unions, right, for apprenticeship programs. Love it. Yeah, because, again, you're taking them, not only are we getting these folks educated, but we're going to get them somewhere to go afterwards, right? But, yeah. And I'm not looking for, uh, you know, I'm looking, what, ideally, it, it is it is a program that I'm confident that when I enroll or help them enroll in and register for, that at the end of it, there's there's not a job, but a career. A career. Right? And, it's yeah. not, and, it's not a, and it's not a minimum wage, right? It's yeah. a living wage with benefits. 100%. Yeah, because now you're changing generations going forward. Right. We, that's right. That's I, right. And that's what we need to do. Listen, this show is all about change. This show is all about bringing you all the impact, the leaders who are making the change. Dr. Kerry Spooner, Sound Justice Initiative. Leave us with one last thought. We got like 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay. So we're also having um, a, a fun, an event, a fundraiser in January. Please come to this um, website, sound-justice.org. Um, you know, if you want to sponsor, you, you want to attend. What's the event? Tell us about the event. Well, it's, a, it's a fundraiser. It's our. It's actually our first fundraiser. Okay. Uh, and um, in in with the, the the particulars are still being worked out. All right. So, so then you know what? what I'll share that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll share that when you you and I. If you need some support on that. Let me know uh, if you need me to help out on the committee for that event. I want to be a part of what you're doing. I appreciate your work, especially. I don't. I don't have a favorite child. I don't have a favorite nonprofit organization. I love everybody equally, but there's <laughs> something about the work you're doing, changing the world, and and fixing a problem in the system. Kerry, thanks for being here. Thanks everybody for checking in on Facebook. The show is Philanthropy Focus. We do it every single Friday morning live, and then you guys find it around in the world, wherever it is. You'll be listening to me hundreds of years from now, and I'm no longer on this planet anymore. Carrie, make a great day, all right? Make it a great weekend, everybody. Thank you. Thank See you. you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Business owner, do you want to be a business I'm gonna, owner? I'm do you work a unit with business? Gym Hi, I'm Stephen <laughs> Fry, your small and medium sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. We live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. 
Pet Avengers Assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 